Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Well, we've got an unusual combination of topics today. I have Gerald Whittington from Avon, Mississippi here with me, sitting at the table in the back room of a bait shop, looking across Lake Washington. Well, Gerald, you're quite an interesting character, I understand, and you love to crappie fish, and you love 3D archery tournaments. You're a competitive guy, I guess. Did yep. you, you ever play basketball? Yep. Well, baseball, <laughs> football. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of a tall, strapping fellow, so I figured that bit basketball mixed in there somewhere. But how long you been crappie fishing? All my life is about, I'm, uh, that would make it about, I started really with my dad. My dad liked to crappie fish. He was a minister, but he loved crappie fishing. That's and, a good combination. Uh, he's, we, we fished in the old days. He was left-handed, so oh. when we fished in a John boat, according to which direction we're going, he'd scull the boat and fish left-handed. If he's going the other direction, he'd want me to paddle the boat, so, <laughs> so I'd be right-handed, so it'd be right-handed for us. So. Oh. I was probably 12, 13 years old, so that make it about 60 years now. 60 years? I'm 73. Been a few crappie dropped into Greece in I'm 60 not, years. Way more than my share. <laughs> well, hey, they're great, man. We've sat around camp here the last couple of weeks and talked recipes, ate a lot of crappie, and yeah, just had a great time. I've been quite impressed and quite taken with the people down down here around this area because, you know, it reminds me of home. I was born and raised in Mississippi County, Missouri, just a few hours up, up the river near the Dorena Ferry, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so seeing these cypress trees and the good southern hospitality has been a grand homecoming for me. But what's your favorite lake to fish around the area? Well, Washington's the closest. I only live eight miles from the lake, so uh, I fish there more often. I fish the river lakes, but the ri- when the river's up and down, you have to kind of pick your times when the fishing's good over there. So I fish in probably Lake Whittington. Uh, it's my favorite. Uh, now, they didn't name it after me. It just happened, <laughs> just a coincidence. That, that was my next question. Well, Whittington, that that's must be a name that's been around this it's part an of the ox- country. It's an oxbow lake north of Greenville. Okay, the lo- lot, lots of oxbow lakes in this area. Yeah, Ferguson, Ferguson and Whittington and, and Beulah. Uh-huh. The lake's headed north. I lived in Cleveland for 23 years, which, you know, north of here, about 35 miles. Right. I was closer to, to Beulah and, and Whittington back then. I've been in Greenville 30 years, so I just fish local lakes. Well, I was in Greenfield down here on a turkey hunt about 30 years ago with Mississippi Tourism. Hadn't been back since. I've thought, thought, thought about this region so many times, but I've kind of hung up in the Midwest, got lots of outdoor activities to you cover there. all the turkeys off. I ran them all off. Yeah, not many turkeys around here now except us. Well, that's a, <laughs> uh, that's kind of a problem nationwide. I don't think they really know what's happening to the turkey population. In, in the hill section of the state, 
there's still a good many turkeys, but in the Delta, there aren't very many. There aren't very many. Well, uh, I think they're saying kind of nationwide, a lot of our forests are aging, you know. And, uh, there's some plans, uh, I think, in the mill to start trying to make some habitat improvements. But I can remember my region back in the 80s, 90s, seemed like there was a turkey behind every tree. I got thinking I was a pretty good turkey hunter. Well, the problem here is there's not any many trees. In the south part yeah. of the state, they're clear-cutting all the woods, so they don't have a tree to hide behind anymore. So yeah, that, that's a problem. Oh, it is a problem, but uh, uh, there's a lot of turkey hunters in Mississippi. And, you know, I knew, gosh, years ago, used to talk to a lot of them, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, guys like O'Eddie Salter. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was. Uh, I love turkey hunting, too. Oh, I do, too. Nothing like I'm Really looking forward to spring coming up. And gobbler, of course, they're gobbling already pretty good in our neck of the woods. And well, they are here. Can't, sure. can't, can't. Season opens Monday here. Monday? Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to stay another week. <laughs> yeah. Well, youth season open now. Oh, is it? It, it opened Monday, and then the, the regular adult season opens the next Monday on the 15th oh. or Tuesday, whatever day. It's fifth Monday. Yeah. Ours generally opens is open the last two weeks of uh, mm-hmm. April and then into May, but – Oh, there's too many things happen at once in springtime. You know, you've got crappie really coming on strong, bass yep. fishing picking up, turkey season's happening. i got to plant a garden, and, of course, the farmer's got a farm, you know. So oh, yeah. Always a lot of things going on. I, I have a difficult time in spring deciding what to do first, and then the same thing happens in the fall. But I want to know a little bit more about – well, i got to ask you now. I've, I've, I've watched uh, a lot of crappie fishermen here in the last three weeks, and I've – I've seen a lot of different techniques. What's your favorite way of crappie fishing? What's your favorite I, technique? I just I just jig fish with with a pole. Um, I don't I don't care for trolling, long line crankbaits, spider rigging. Um, I, I spider rig a little bit, uh, maybe in October or sometime when there's no fish in the woods. But if there's any any fish in the shallow water, I fish. <laughs> I've fished since October, since November now, Thanksgiving. I haven't fished over four feet deep. Is that right? Yeah. I've mm. caught, I've caught a way more fish than I should have, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so- I, I like the jig. I tied jigs for about 25 years and sold jigs back in the old days. And I finally got lazy and so easy to change colors and stuff with all the new, uh, rubber jigs. You pop a tail off and change and. Mm-hmm. And glue your new tail on or something. I glue all my tails on. Yeah. Makes, uh, makes them last a little bit longer, doesn't it? So you're, what kind of boat are you operating out of? You're using I, a pretty small boat? or No, I fish out of a, a Nitro Z17. Really? Uh-huh. Take it right into Cypress. Huh? I take it everywhere. If it, if it won't go in there, I, <laughs> and, uh, then I need another boat. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I just bought it. It's a year old now. I had a Nitro. Before that, now it's a middle-sized boat. Uh, it's a seventeen and a half foot boat with a one fifteen Mercury yeah. on it. The same thing I had before fourteen years, uh, and uh, I finally got to smelling like fish. <laughs> uh, after about twenty thousand fish went through it, yeah, I said, "Okay, I'll let somebody else smell that for a while." Uh, yeah, well, that's not a bad problem to have, you know. I just got an old, got a wild hair, looks like the old guys do. So she, yeah. I think I'll get me a new boat. <laughs> so. I'm, so I sold my other boat and bought me a new one. Okay, as you're working through the cypress trees now, and you mm-hmm. obviously you got a ton of experience behind you. So, do you prefer a jig with a plastic body or hair jigs or what? What's your favorite? I usually fish with plastic body jigs. 
Um, if I get to where there's a lot of fish, they seem, you know, if I'm in an area that has a lot of stripes and smaller brim and stuff, and they're tearing my tails up, yeah. I just go home and tie me a jig the same color, uh-huh. a, a hair jig, uh-huh. and uh, go back and and that way they won't tear it up. I can catch a lot of crappie on the same jigs. So. Well, see, that's a huge advantage you've got yeah. over the most of us living close here. And yeah. You see what's working, and you can adapt pretty quick like and get right back after them. That's, you know a, that's a huge advantage. You should feel bad. I'm kind of like old old people <laughs> don't want to learn to use computers and all the fancy stuff on their cell phone. I just want to call and talk. I don't want to do all this other stuff. Right. And uh, I don't use electronics. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have any desire I'm not uh, big on electronics either. Well, I don't have any desire to live scope. I mean, I'm, it, that's what guys like, and that's fine. Um, maybe that's what they need to catch a fish. Well, I, I don't need to know if there's a fish by a tree. I want to. That's part of the game. If to <laughs> me is to look at a spot and see if I can figure out the kind of place a fish would be, and then work on him. And when I put it in there and catch him, I said, "I knew you were in there. I talked to him a lot." Uh, <laughs> You talk them into biting? Yeah. I talk, I pull up there and I said, I know you're in there. I know you're in there. I might as well go ahead and bite my hook. It makes it a little bit more fun. It's just I don't I don't have to catch a lot of fish, um, but I still catch. Uh, after you fish a lot, 30 years, you learn on the lake. You learn when to fish, where to fish. And most days I rarely, rarely go fishing and don't catch a fish. Maybe once or twice in a year. And yeah. I fish probably, oh, I'd say I'll go a hundred times, maybe. Wow, sick I, eighty to a hundred times in a year. Three. I mean, I I don't think anything unusual about fishing three times in a week. Yeah, um, that's a good lifestyle. Yeah, well, I've been retired seventeen years. Uh, I taught biology at a oh. local community college, and I retired. They told me I had to retire to something and not from something, so I retired to hunt and fish. <laughs> I like that philosophy. So, not too bad. Well, let's hop to the other side of your avocations, I guess we would call it. You're sure. quite a 3D archer, I understand. Yeah. Tournaments, competition. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, what got you into that? Uh, my best, well, I bow hunted. I bow hunted for about 50 years, and... Uh, about five years ago, one one of my friends used to shoot 3D competition, field archery in 3D. And uh, he was going to a local bow shoot, and he said, why don't you go? I said, okay, I'll take my hunting bow, and I, I shot it a few times. And he started going to national tournaments again. He said, why don't you just buy you a 3D bow and <laughs> start going? We'll travel together. I said, no, nah, I don't think so. I said, I don't feel like I can shoot it that well. So he got a new bow. And he called me a couple of days later. He said, okay. He said, I wouldn't sell my old bow, but I'll, I'll let you have it if you'll start shooting. I said, okay, what the heck? Uh, yeah. He said, I won second place for shooter of the year with that bow, so I know the bow will shoot good. Uh-huh. So so I got his bow, and I've been shooting it now for about about six years. So you were how old when you got into 3D? How old? I was uh, probably about 67. <laughs> And you started shooting 3D. Yeah. Now, boy, that's quite an inspirational story. As you know, we talk about the three R's anymore, trying to keep people in hunting and fishing. That's recruit, retain, and reactivate. So you might be in that reactivate stage. (laughs) No, I'm a glutton for punishment. (laughs) 
<laughs> Two ways of looking at that. Huh? Sort, yeah, sort yeah, of. but I, I could tell by the way you're talking and a smile on your face that you're having a great deal of fun doing this. When I started, there were about, uh, you know, it's about 2,000 shooters when I go to a national shoot. Wow. But everybody's in different classes. So sure. My class with the equipment and my age and stuff, there's there. when I started, there was about 65 people in my class. Wow. And when we'd finish, I'd usually be in the bottom five. Uh, <laughs> that's where I was supposed to be. I was shooting against the best shooters in the country. Why, so, sure. So now I can say I, I must be a glutton for punishment because I didn't quit. <laughs> I, I didn't get – I said – Someday I'm gonna be in the top ten. I'm gonna shoot. There you go. Till I finish in the top. So 10. you got a goal for yourself. And, uh, yeah. So far, uh, I finished third uh, last year in a, in a tournament. Really? So, and, uh, well, they got you into the top ten big time. Yeah, I should have. I've come real close to winning tournaments a couple times, and I'd make one lousy shot that cost me, and I'd move down to last month. I I I, I had like two arrows to go. Oh. And uh, I was in second place. Oh, and uh, and I I don't know if I let it get to me or I, the sun was shining in my face and I was hard headed and wouldn't let somebody hold an umbrella for me. So oh. I said, No, I can shoot that. Oh. And I messed lesson up. learned. I messed up and <laughs> finished fifth instead of the second. So <laughs> well, what's coming up in the new year? You know, uh, COVID boy just messed a lot of things up and probably slowed your activity down a little bit. Not mine. Not yours. Nope. What have you got to look forward to this year? Oh, I don't know. The problem now is, as uh, luck would have it, I seem to be getting older and slower. Really? really? And I, I don't go quite as fast or as far as I used to. <laughs> so now I only walk a mile deep in the woods to hunt. Yeah. So instead of a mile and a half, um, I have to get help to get a deer out now instead of getting it by myself. I don't drag anymore. And, I tried pushing one and that didn't work. Didn't work so, well at all. Yeah, huh? so I, I said, "Well, I can't drag them, so I got to call for help." That's okay. Oh, that's um, okay. Yeah, I'm right in the same boat, and I love it. You know, all these youngsters we've helped raise and and do that sort of thing, teach them up to outdoor ed and yeah. a lot of other things. Well, the, it's com- time for them to pay me back. Common greeting when you see somebody says, "Well, how you doing?" Everybody says that. Well, how are you? And I said, "I'm too good to complain." <laughs> Sound like Dave Ramsey? I said, "I said I've been blessed too much." To uh, to be able to do what I want to do to file any complaints. I've had cancer a couple of times and uh-huh. kind of things that could be discouraging, but I said, well, I'll get over that. I'm fine. Oh, so, yeah. Life's got to go on. It, well, it, it gets to. Uh, you have a choice. You can either just kind of push through and keep going and do what you want to do as long as you're able. Someday, I've been a taxidermist for 32 years. Wow. So I have a lot of heads, uh-huh. you know, a lot of animals on my house. In my in my house, and I have a room with about 30 or so, so in there. And I always tell my grandsons, I said, someday I won't be able to go anymore. I'll come in this room, and I'll sit there, and I'll relive those hunts one at a time if my memory holds up. <laughs> and I said, I remember the day I killed that deer or that moose. Or that elk, or whatever's hanging there. So that's a gr- that's a great great so, plan. Well, Gerald, man, it, it's been inspiring to have you on the show. And I'd like for you, uh, hey, we're up there. You know, I'm I'm seventy two, but for people to continue to stay active in the outdoors, yeah. what's a couple of tips you could give them to keep the right attitude? Keep positive attitude. There you go. You got to live clean. Yeah. Um, I don't do alcohol. I don't do drugs. I've never done tobacco. Um, so I kind of, I guess you call that a kind of a clean lifestyle. That's a very clean in, lifestyle. In, in some respects. Um, my father was a minister. I grew up in church. 
mm-hmm. uh, live a Christian life, and uh, keep Him first and my hunting and fishing, everything second or somewhere down the line. No, it's not even second. My family's second. Right. And, right. Uh, so but, you, uh, you certainly got the right perspective for things, and uh, of course, the good Lord made it all for us to enjoy. And, he uh, did. Yeah, it sounds like you've helped a lot of people along the way. I'm going to well, do, do my share to enjoy as much of it as I can. Ab- absolutely. Appreciate having you on the show. Enjoyed and, it. Uh, folks, this has been Bill Cooper, the Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast, and we encourage you every week, every day, five days a week on this show, to get in the outdoors and live your dream. The Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.